You're listening to the Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, uh, we've named our side for the team to play St Kilda. And we've got two more Bombers who haven't played for us this year playing this week. Who are they? Yeah, beauty, mate. So uh, Josh Begley and Kobe Much will play their first games for the side this year. Uh, Josh Begley's name I've heard a little bit around the traps. Apparently he's been playing pretty well in the scratchies, but Kobe Much is a bit of a surprise for mine. Uh, but, yeah, I guess good to see him back, and hopefully he gets a good run this time. Uh, you know, he's he's one of those poor blokes. He's he's had a go at uh, the AFL level a couple of times, but each time he's sort of come down with an injury. So let's hope he gets a good run at it this time. Yes, I think uh, early last year he got a game against Carlton and did a pretty significant uh, hamstring, I think it was, and that's where he missed the majority of the year. In fact, I think he missed all year. So, um, yeah, he'll be pleased to have made his way back into the side. And uh, the fridge, uh, Josh Begley, apparently he's uh, worked very hard and he's dropped a bit of weight from uh, last year. Because uh, last year, I guess the criticism of him coming back from an ACL was he's a little bit, uh, or he couldn't change direction basically and was basically a straight line runner and in senior footy that doesn't bode you well. So um, yeah, I believe he's got a little bit more agility back this year in his second year back from an ACL. Yeah, and that'll be really promising. I think he's he's got a lot to, to give young Begley. So I mean, last year he just looked a shell of his former self. And this is a bloke that Boris Buick has big raps on, so let's hope he can uh, you know, really strut his stuff on Sunday against the Saints, and uh, let's hope he has a big game for us. And there was a number of players managed, which we expected, but they probably weren't all the names that we had uh, predicted. You want to go through who our outs are, please, mate? Yeah, absolutely, mate. So... Uh, yeah, Aaron Francis managed. We sort of you know, mentioned he, he played 98% of game time uh, last game. So, yeah, he, he's managed there. Uh, David Zaharakis obviously copped that quad injury. Uh, unfortunately for him, it looks like he'll be out for the season. So, um, yeah, the next one is Devin Smith. I sort of wondered whether he might be, you know, obviously he hasn't been playing at 100% this year. Um and he's obviously coming back off a long-term injury as well, so uh, probably not a bad move to, to manage him for this game. And Tom Bell-Jambers, obviously, you know, big labouring ruckman. Uh, it would have been very tough for him to get up in uh, in just a few days of rest. Uh, and interestingly, he actually did cop a bit of a uh, sort of knock at the start of the Gold Coast game, so he did well to play out the full game there, uh, but obviously managed for this one. But the uh, surprise... For us, mate, is uh, Mason Redmond uh, being managed. So uh, it's sort of interesting with Redmond. I wonder, yeah, I still wonder if he's carrying some sort of injury. I wonder if that's been hampering his play. But um, yeah, so we won't be lining up for this week. And the full ins for us are you got Jacob Townsend coming back with that concussion. So um, yeah, apparently done really well with his test there. So. Good on him. Um, yeah, Josh Begley, Kobe Much, as I said, with Michael Hurley and Sam Draper coming back into the squad. And, uh, that'll really strengthen us up, both down back and, uh, yeah, in the ruck. So, yeah, fantastic ins. All right, mate. Well, while you've just done that, why don't you give us our full side as named? Beautiful. So, if I go from the full back line, so we've got Adam Saad, Michael Hurley, 
and Brandon Zerk Thatcher. Halfbacks, you've got Jordan Ridley, Marty Gleeson, and Matt Guelphie. The centres, you've got Tommy Cutler, Andrew McGrath, and Darcy Parrish. Half forward line, you've got Connor McKenna, James Stewart, and Anthony McDonald Tip Woody, who's playing his 100th game for the club, which is a bloody good effort from the young bloke. Uh, full forward, you've got Josh Begley, Sean McKernan, and Will Snelling. The followers, you've got Sammy Draper, Dylan Shield, and Zach Merritt. On the bench, we've got Kyle Langford, Jacob Townsend, Kobe Much, and Dylan Clark. With the emergencies of Tom Bellchambers, Mitchell Hibbard, Mason Redman, and Braden Ham. Yeah, probably the surprise for me. I, I thought Braden Ham might get a run against the Young Saints, uh, but obviously we've elected not to play him. Um, and uh, I think Kobe Much is the one I didn't uh, really see on our radar at this stage. So I'm really uh, you know, glad for him that he gets an opportunity. Uh, he was originally a GWS scholarship player or, you know, in their academy, and um, you know, the Bombers bidded for him and... GWS chose not to match, and we've invested a lot of time into him, and uh, I guess the Bombers still see something in him because we're stuck with him for the last three or four years. Yeah, well, the one thing Kobe Much has demonstrated uh, over the whole time he's been at the Bomberland is his ability to find the footy. Uh, he'll rack up the touches, and he just keeps running all game. What he lacks uh, in terms of his skills is his uh, disposal efficiency. He's a bit of a butcher of the footy. So hopefully we've been able to clean that up in his game. Uh, but then the other side is, you know, obviously the last couple of years, when he has had a good run at it and coming to the senior side, he's, he's unfortunately suffered an injury, which obviously sets back his development and everything like that. So let's hope he gets a good run at it and, uh, you know, he can put his best foot forward to really grow as an AFL-level player. You mentioned AMT, and, yeah, I, I actually watched the... Uh bit of a live stream of him and uh, Dean Rioli having a conversation about his 100 games and how they're both going to have their names on the number 43 locker. Uh, it was really good to see and you can see how much respect uh, Anthony has for Dean and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that content from the club. Yeah, it was good to see, mate. And, you know, I just like the way that, uh, you know, Tipper obviously, um, I suppose... You know, he said that he you know, watched Dean you know, growing up and that really inspired him to, uh, to play AFL-level footy. And um, you know, when he got the opportunity to, to grab a jumper at the Essendon Footy Club, coming off the rookie list there, he saw the number three with Dean Rioli's name on there and uh, yeah, elected to go that one. And I, I do remember him, you know, when he sort of first year at the club, uh, there was a sort of bit of footage... Uh, the club release where it had uh, Tipper sort of point to the locker and he goes, you know, I want to put my name under that locker underneath uh, Dean Rioli there, you know, the two Tiwi boys to uh, represent the Essendon Footy Club there, uh, which is obviously really special for him, but um, really special for the Essendon Footy Club. So, yeah, really well done to uh, to Tipper. You know, he's had to persevere for a long time, uh, even before getting his opportunity. You know, obviously missed out on a couple of drafts there and, and we finally rookied him, um, and even then he had to really push for a spot. But um, he was, uh, you know, I guess a beneficiary of, you know, when when we got uh, whacked with a big uh, sort of sanctions from Asada or whatever, we really needed someone to step up and, and play, and, and he did, and he made the best opportunity of it. So um, 100 games up now, and, yeah, hopefully many more to come. 
Yeah, talking about previous footage, I remember the footage of uh, Adrian Dodoro calling him in uh, just before he was selected and uh, just a big smile on AMT's face as he was told the Bombers had selected him and, yeah, you could just see, you know, he the penny had dropped basically. Yeah, he'd done all the hard work and he finally received a reward and uh, he's been a real reward for us as fans to watch because, you know, he hasn't missed a lot of footy. He mentioned on that live stream he's only missed the one game since uh, being on the senior list and that was a game where they rested him. So, uh, yeah, he's only missed one game of footy, none through injury, uh, touch wood. And, uh, yeah, so we'll hope for Anthony's sake he can have a great game to uh, make his 100 games even more memorable. Uh, what are you read the Saints signs out, mate? Yeah, mate, so out for them are Dean Kent, Jade Gresham, uh, who were both injured, uh, as well as Ed Phillips, who was omitted, and Jake Carlisle has been managed. So, uh, yeah, I won't give it, be able to line up against him again, but... Um, they're in uh, Jack Loney, Paddy Ryder, Seb Ross, and Zach Jones. So if I read out their side from the full-back line, uh, so we've got Nick Caulfield, Callum Wilkie, and Ben Patton. Uh, the half-backs are Ben Long, Jaron Geary, and Dougal Howard. Centres are Jack Billings, Zach Jones, and Brad Hill. Half-forward line of Nick Hind, Jack Loney, and Dan Butler. Full forward line of Tim Membry, Max King, and Rowan Marshall. The followers, Paddy Ryder, Jack Steele, and Jack Bytel. On the bench, they've got Hunter Clark, Jack Sinclair, Josh Battle, Seb Ross, with the emergencies of Ed Phillips, Daniel McKenzie, Shane Savage, and Dylan Roberton. Yeah, the Saints are coming off a bit of a belting by the Cats, but uh, as we saw last night, uh, they're not alone, and uh, the Cats made the power look pretty second-rate as well, so... I don't know if that's a true, accurate um, gauge of the Saints' form. But, uh, yeah, we've got to win this one. There's no ifs or buts about it. If we have any intentions of making the eight, we've got to find a way to win. And it's going to be basically Draper and McKernan going up against Marshall and Ryder. So that's going to be an intriguing battle in the ruck. Yeah, well, mate... Um... And obviously with McKernan's form lately, it's got me a bit worried. Like I've got no doubt that Draper will be able to hold his own, but um, McKernan really needs to pull his finger out and uh, you know put out all the stops uh, this game because uh, that'll be a really important contest for us uh, in the in the rucks there. Because yeah, we know how how good Paddy Ryder can be when he's up and about, but that Rowan Marshall, he's um, sort of up and coming young star, so it'll be a big battle there. Uh, but of course, you know, they've got a lot of class all around the ground as well. And it'd be interesting to see us, uh, you know, with Nick Hind playing for the Saints there, you know, former VFL bomber there. And, um, yeah, they've got some speedsters, obviously with Nick Hind there, but, uh, Brad Hill as well. Uh, they've got some, you know, good centers, you know, Zach Jones, uh, you know, while people think he's a bit of a butcher of the footy, he doesn't, he, like, he, he finds it quite a lot. And even down back, they've got class, you know, Jaron Geary there and Dougal Howard. So, um, yeah, it should be a, a real tough contest. Um, so I really hope our backs can can stand up because, uh, look, we know Paddy Ryder will rest down there. Ron Marshall, of course, uh, will probably switch out there uh, with Paddy. But, 
you know, big Max King. He'll uh, he'll take a few grabs on us, and you know, I'm hoping that uh, we're able to match up better than we were, you know, on Ben King last week, well, on Wednesday, uh, because you know, if we let them take big grabs, particularly at important points in the game, uh, they'll have a good chance of running over us. Yeah, it's their forwards that worry me a little. Um, you know, with Francis going out, we, you know, Hurley comes in for Francis, but uh, Membry, even though he hasn't got the height of a Max King, he's such a strong-bodied forward. He can be a, a real problem for us. Um, you know, he's going to be a real match-up for us, Max King, and then you talked about either Paddy Ryder or Rowan Marshall resting down there as well. So, you know, when you look at it, you've got, you know, obviously... Ridley, who's 195 centimetres. You've got Hurley. Um, you've got Zerk Thatcher. But, um, you know, if uh, one of them gets off the chain, it doesn't leave the Bombers much avenues to, um, you know, make a change as such because we haven't gone that extra uh, tall. Um, so I'm a bit surprised Francis was rested for this game despite how much um, playing time he played. Um, but we'll see how we go, but I am a little bit concerned about the Saints forward line if they get enough opportunities down there. Um, and they're, you know, you're right, they've got a lot of class around the field, uh, but, uh, you know, we haven't shown our full capabilities this year, and I'm just hoping we can get a good start on Sunday and hopefully, you know, put our best foot forward because this is, as, as I said before, a do-or-die game. Yeah, it is, mate. And, like, we really have to be switched on from the first bounce uh, because they've got some really smart players like Dan Butler we've shown uh, has, you know, kicked, a bag, kicked bags of goals this year. He's a real opportunist and doesn't mind making the uh, opposition pay if he gets an opportunity. And as you say, like, uh, Tim Membry, Max King, Royal Marshall, they're big forwards down there, so we're really going to have to um, make sure we structure up really well so um yeah um, like one thing we really need to focus on is not wasting the footy and you know just i suppose chucking it on the boot in hope like we really need to lower the eyes and hit targets um you know if we can you know bring Stewart into the game uh, as much as we can you know taking some big marks and kicking a few goals that'd be excellent and hopefully we can start getting some goals through you know, blokes like Tipper and Snelling and even Begley if he's if he's up and about because uh, you know through you know Stewart can't do it by himself and um, yeah we'll definitely need every every hand we can to uh, to get over this mob because they have been playing some quite good footy this year. Yeah, uh, Sean McKernan's the one for me. Uh, I really hope he has a good game to, on uh, Sunday because we all know. He, he has had a bit of a quieter year this year. And this is the one where I'm sure, you know, the gauntlet's been rolled out to him and said, you know, this is a game where we need you to stand up. Please do it, Sean. And, you know, work hard at your craft and don't give away free kicks. Try and make yourself an imposing target up forward. And, uh, you know, I think Draper will do a lot of the ruck work, as we expect. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching Draper in the ruck against really good ruckmen in uh, Ryder and Marshall. 
Yeah, it'll be fantastic to see him, you know, jump and take that that number one ruckman responsibility on. I think he'll really thrive on it. Uh, it'll just be fantastic to see the young bloke because he's he can he can jump, he can take big hangers. So I'm um, really looking forward to see that we can put up against the Saints. And um, I'm actually looking forward to seeing our blokes take the game on a bit as well. You know, hopefully we can get some run out of like Sardi, like even Ridley, like coming out of a half back and hitting targets. And uh, you know, McKenna. Hopefully we can get him more into the game. Uh, I'd like to see him play more on a wing as opposed to that forward line because he seems a bit in no man's land. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. But. It'll be a, a big contest, and um, yeah, I guess we'll we'll see how we go. And I think it'll be a big game for for Shield and Merritt as well because uh, they've got a, a pretty decent midfield in there. So um, these blokes will have to shoulder shoulder a lot of the load to um, yeah to to win those uh, sort of clearances and get the ball going our way. Does a Dylan Clark run with a Brad Hill because these uh, skills are electric at times and. Um... Yeah, I think uh, Dylan Clark would be quite good at that role, uh, despite not having the same pace as Hill. But he could definitely um, match up on him to make it a bit uncomfortable, him winning easy ball. Uh, I don't see that because I think, you know, Hill's too quick and he's he's too smart a footy player to allow that to happen. I'd probably see him more, you know, if, if Zach Jones or Jack Billing starts getting on top and getting too much footy, Perhaps you know shutting them down. I think Andrew McGrath might even play in a bit of a sort of defensive midfield role on Hill. Uh, you know he's he's got the pace, he's got the smarts. Uh, I think he'd be really well suited. But um, look, it might, this might even be an opportunity where if we do play a sort of defensive role on him, um, Darcy Parrish could potentially get a lot more uh, like proper midfield time in um, you know in the actual centre bounces there if they start putting their efforts into shield and merit. So, um, yeah, I know what other sort of uh, matchups do you see, mate? Well, we know Kobe Much is a really good runner. Uh, he's an elite runner, actually. And, uh, I, you know, with him being selected, I would imagine there's a reason why we picked him. And, you know, and when you think of it, he's been picked above um, Braden Ham. So to me, uh, they've wanted to have a look at Kobe, and I wonder if to initiate him back into the senior side, will he get a match-up where he follows someone because he's certainly got the running capabilities to go with anyone. Uh, you're right, he does usually hunt his own football, but you got to remember he hasn't played senior footy much, and um, you know, pardon the pun, but um, yeah, hopefully he can uh, get a good good go at it and maybe the club will say well you run with this guy and then generate your own ball off that task yeah well yeah it will be interesting to see how we play but um yeah and i'm i'm hoping marty gleason can uh yeah, actually find some find some form him and matt Guelfi, they were pretty quiet last week so let's see what they can uh you know do for us on the day all right, well, we'll have a bit of a break, mate, and uh, we'll come back with our Remember When segment. Uh, the Bombers and the Saints, uh, they've had some good games, so I'm looking forward to hearing yours after the break. Yeah. 
You're listening to Don's Cast, and one of our regular segments is Remember When. And, mate, which game are you going back to? Mate, I'm going back to round 20 of 2009. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm going back to round 5 of 2015. Beautiful. Well, uh, I'll get the ball rolling, mate. So, you know, in 2009, it was the second year of new coach uh, Matty Knights. And after we finished a disappointing 12th in 2008, where we'd lost our last four games of that season. Uh, So the run-and-gun style of the Knights era was in full swing, and we'd had both big wins and some blowout losses. We had we'd won eight matches up until this point and drew with Brisbane in round 19 to be among a pack of teams trying to make the finals. And the Saints would be a massive challenge for us if we were to keep the season alive. You know, St Kilda were a big side at that time and looked strong when they ran over us in round eight that season. And they hadn't lost a game all that year until our rematch in round 20. So as we as we opened the game, St Kilda came out firing with the first three goals of the match to Del Santo, Fisher and Schneider. And they should have got a couple more with misses to Rewalt and Kaczynski. But there was a funny bit of play when Stephen Milne tackled Ricky Dyson and got him holding the ball. But when he went to play on, he was soon tackled himself by Angus Monfries, who won back the footy. Now, we finally got our first goal when Spike McVeigh hit up a completely open Jay Neagle to slam it through. Fisher got a, got another goal for the Saints though, but we drew back their lead to another uh, to under a goal by the end of the first quarter, after a Paddy Ryder uh, got a fifty after marking getting dumped uh, to kick, kick it through, and soon after when Dustin Fletcher launched a massive bomb from about seventy meters out to get the cent- the bomber fans up and about. The second quarter started completely on our terms though with two goals for Monfries and one to Hurley to have us leading up by 14. We kicked another goal a little later from Brent Prismal before Kaczynski got one back from the Saints. We then dominated the next five minutes with a goal to Adam McPhee from a set shot and then two more to Angus Monfries to make it four goals to him at that stage of the match and give us a 33-point lead. The Saints pegged our lead back to just 20 though with goals to Kaczynski and Rewalt to keep them in touch as we entered halftime. The third quarter started well for the Bombers, with goals to Neagle, who socked one through beautifully, and then to Joe Watson, who slotted a set-shot goal uh, to put our lead out to 32 points. The Saints weren't going away, though, and after a couple of missed chances from Stephen Milne, uh, uh, put one... Uh, like oh, Sorry, after a couple of missed chances, Stephen Milne put one through before we got another through Jared Atkinson, who broke the lines and took a couple of bounces with his blistering pace before kicking it from right on the 50 metre line to the cheers of the Bomber faithful. Andrew Lovett then marked an errant Montagna kick just inside 50 and slotted the goal to have us 36 points up, which was then extended to 42 when Paddy Ryder snapped through a beautiful goal. Milne got one back, but then Prismal kicked another goal to keep our lead out to 41 with just over a minute to play in the third quarter. Red time goals, though, to Armitage and Milne had them thinking they were still in a shot, though, but our lead was still 29 points at the last break. The last quarter was all St Kilda, though. Schneider and Rewalt got a goal each within the first five minutes of the quarter, and Kaczynski and Armitage got two more for the Saints ten minutes later to have them clipping at our heels, and we were only seven points up. 
we missed a couple of opportunities at goal, and the lead was down to just two points when Schneider kicked his second goal of the match, and as we entered the dying stages of the game, Brent Prismal then had a shot at goal with under a minute left to play, about 50 metres out on an angle, to put the game out of the Saints' reach, but he missed. So with just 30 seconds left to play, Saints gun Brendan Goddard had the footy in the goal square where he played on to get some extra ground, running it up 30 metres before pumping the ball down the ground to a contest, which hit the ground that was punched forward by Montagna and Farron Ray ran onto it, but passed it back where it got to Montagna who skied the ball up in the air into the Saints 50, which was marked by Rewalt who took the chest mark about 35 metres out from goal. The whole stadium was on the edge of their seats as Rewalt walked back to kick what could be the match winner. After leading by 41 points near the end of the third term, the Saints were about to clutch victory from the jaws of defeat. Ross Lyon was confident and thought the Saints had this in the bag. And as Rewalt marched back, uh, the Bomber fans were stealing themselves for what could have been heartbreak and the end of their 2009 season hopes. The kick, never looked, the kick never looked good though, and as soon as the ball left his boot, Bomber fans erupted in a chorus of cheers that rocked Etihad Stadium. Essendon had beaten the previously undefeated side in St Kilda in a ripping contest, and I still remember fist pumping all the way home and singing the song with gusto. How about you, mate? How do you remember that game? Oh, it was uh, amazing. Uh, we were given pretty much no hope to win that game, and yeah... You, that third quarter was magic, you know, when we got that big lead out. But uh, somehow we um, went into our shells and all the Saints stepped up and the pressure was really put to us in the last quarter. And I remember, I don't think we scored a goal at all in the last quarter. So it was just a, I think we had four or five points and we just couldn't put them away. It was almost like we were daring the Saints to take the game from us. But we were good enough to hold on and... Um, you know, uh, th- fortunately, that kick for goal was stray and never really looked like it was going to uh, get the result needed for St Kilda, but uh, certainly made you nervous. And, you know, definitely it's a game you remember more so because we were real underdogs and we came out on top. Yeah, it was an absolute ripper. So take us through your game, James. Yeah, so my game's back in 2015. So this is the year that James Hurd has come back to coach after serving his one-year suspension. And both the Saints and Bombers had started pretty indifferently. The Saints were 1-3, and three, so they'd had a bad start to the year. And the Bombers, they were 2-2, two and two, but hadn't really looked like they'd hit their straps yet. So we went into the match like favourites. Uh, in the game, it started quite well for us, although... The Saints were kind of kicking themselves out of it. They kicked two goals six to our three goals two, thanks to goals to Carlisle uh, mainly, and Carlisle kicked two in the first term. Uh, and it's amazing now when you think of it, Carlisle now plays for St Kilda, so uh, fortunately he's not playing against us tomorrow. Uh, the second quarter was all the Saints, and you know, the sec- they started the second term strongly with goals to Billings, and Bruce within the first six minutes of that quarter. And they dominated the next 10 minutes with Bruce and Jack Stephen adding further uh, majors to the Saints to get them out to a 20-point lead. 
Essen responded strongly in the later part of that quarter, and goals to Marty Gleeson, Paddy Ambrose, and Brendan Goddard, who crossed across from the Saints the year previous, um, reduced the difference back to only one point at half-time. Uh, defences were on top in the first eight minutes of the second half. Behind to Hinkley of uh, St. Kilda, sorry, Hickey of St. Kilda, that was the only reward of all the effort because the ball just basically kept going back and forth, but no one was able to actually generate a score. So it was probably more of a um, snapshot of both teams' form and actually uh, skill at the time. But yeah, somehow it was just a, a nil or draw, really, in that, in that regard, the scoring. Um, the Bombers uh, did all they could to put the pressure on the Saints, and Stanton uh, was you know, running down those wings as he used to do on the Etihad Stadium, and he was causing a lot of problems for the Saints. But the Bombers were hanging on, and uh, the last quarter was another game where um, we, we kind of dared the Saints to take it off us. But there was a beautiful play of uh, Travis Collier, and... I know he's still playing, and he's playing at uh, Freo now. But if you have a look at that footage, just the pace he had back then, uh, he was a real asset. And he won the ball, you know, got a ball kicked to him just near the wing there, and uh, he just took it on right through the centre of the ground and just burned away from his opponent and kicked the ball from outside 50, and the ball just bounced through. And that put us up. And the Saints tried as they might. Uh, kept trying to pepper back at us, but would ultimately win the game by two points. And uh, anyone who says footy's not played between the ears, that game was in round five, and we won by two points against the Saints. Ten rounds later, we'd play the Saints. It would be James Hurd's last game as coach, and we'd be beaten by 110 points. So... It's really hard to get your head around, but um, yeah, uh, unfortunately for the Bombers, uh, this game was good because it gave us a winning record at that stage. We were three and two, uh, but uh, yeah, it's hard to believe. Ten rounds later, you're beaten by 110 points, and ultimately that would be James Hurd's last game as coach. Yeah, a bit of a uh, yeah, real shame there, but. Look, that game was just fantastic. I just remember, like you say, we only won by two points, but how big was Dustin Fletcher in that game? Like, he made a, a number of saves with his go-go gadget arms. Like, there was one right in the goal square there, I remember, where he just launched at the bloke's foot and uh, yeah, didn't allow the, the ball to come off and go through the goals. And that run from Collier, as you mentioned, mate, it was just blistering pace. Took a couple of bounces, ran right through the middle of the ground and slotted the goal just beautiful and yeah it's just I guess one of those uh, what could have been um, things like those sliding doors moments I've yeah I mean I know us Bomber fans we we look back and think oh geez because when James Heard got to the club um, there was so much hope and uh, everything like that you know he, he brought on board all these people like brought Bomber back and um, we started to play some, some good hard footy, uh, but yeah, as we know, um, yeah, it wasn't to be in the end, but uh, no, that was an absolutely 
crack and match, and certainly I much prefer remembering that to the 110-point uh, yeah, loss against them all those rounds later. Yeah, um, a bit of talk this week, mate, uh, from Brendan Goddard and Grant Thomas about they should try and get bomb, uh, sorry, get James Heard back to the club. Obviously, I'd be a huge advocate for that, but importantly, it's important to note to temper expectations. No one from the club has been quoted in that, so it's more like a pipe dream, I believe. Um, and James Heard was pretty adamant on the um, the podcast series that the Bombers put out that he wasn't keen to get back into football. I think he said he had burned him a fair bit and he, he wasn't that interested. But to me, oh, I'd love to have him back in the club in any capacity. I think he's uh, he's the last coach, um, apart from Kevin Sheedy, I can remember, who seemed to be passionate about our club. And, you know, that's uh, probably sounds a bit of a knock on John Warsfold and even Bomber Thompson was the same. He, Bomber Thompson... He never gave that, you know, feeling that he loved the club again, if you know what I mean. He, even when he was interviewed, when he was coach, he would say that. He said, no, no, um, you, know, I've, you know, I've got torn legacy between Geelong and Essendon. And, you know, he, whereas Heard was all Essendon and you knew that. And Sheedy, even though he'd played Richmond all those years ago, he was a... He, he let you know as a fan, if we lost, we knew that... Our coaches weren't happy, and I haven't really had that feeling from other coaches. And it might not mean much, you know, inside the football club, but externally, I think fans like to hear empathy from their coach towards the fans. And yeah, I don't know about your feelings on that, mate, but I'd love James Heard to be some way connected to the club again, but I don't think it's going to happen purely because, and this is a bit of a knock on the club, our club's not bold anymore. We're too focused on our image. And understandably, yes, uh, Xavier's gone to great lengths to protect our image and brand after, let's face it, it was tarnished for a long time. But there comes a part where you have to stand for something. And that's what I strongly believe. And we need to get to the stage, if we ever move forward, is to say we're going to make the best decisions for the Essendon Football Club. And you know, to hell with anyone who wants to knock us. What do you think, mate? Yeah, mate, oh, I'd I'd be all, all in for uh, for her to be back in, in some way, like just to really drive standards of the club again. Like you say, the club's worried about image. Well, if we're quite honest, mate, um, the Essendon Football Club has not been a, a side that other clubs fear for a very long time. Um, we've, you know, we've... If anything, our better years are when we're, you know, somewhere between 7th and 12th on the ladder. Um, and it's, you know, you're not really, um, like we are just making up the numbers at that point. And it's really disappointing to see because, you know, obviously when uh, when Cheedy was there and when Herdy was there, you know, coming 8th or, or ninth or 10th, that wasn't good enough. Um, not putting... You're 100% on the football park. That wasn't good enough. Uh, whereas now we just want to be the nice guys. You know, we, when uh, if the CEO says that uh, our effort wasn't good enough, you know, our bloody captain at the time, 
asked him to make an apology because it made the players feel bad. That's like we've got really poor culture. We don't have that winning culture, that sort of hard edge about us that strong sides need, which I I find is um it's it's really disappointing because you know blokes would say in the in the nineties like you listen to the older players when they came to the side the expectation of the Essendon Football Club was that you know you wanted at least to reach a prelim uh, if not more. We've been a long way off even getting to a prelim for a very long time. Like, haven't won a final since 2004. So, uh, you know, whether it was in the guise of James Hurd or or someone else to come into the club to uh, to drive standards again and, you know, actually rise us up um, as opposed to being in the quagmire we've been in for, for all these years, I'd be all in. Um, and as I say, like, if they're worried about the image, well, you know, AFL football teams are not there to, you know, sell memberships and uh, and that kind of thing. Like, I know it's a business these days, but, like, AFL football teams should be there to win the premiership. And if you're not driving towards winning a premiership, um, yeah, you might as well pack up your bat and go home because, um, yeah, we, we haven't been a... A, um, a feared side for a very long time but um, yeah I don't think Hurdy will come back to the club I think um, not only has you know his experiences hurt him over that time with the media outside his front door every bloody day and everything like that I think the, the club really burnt him um, they sort of left him out to drive which uh, which still hurts as a as a Bomber fan mate um, you know I Everything he did for the Essendon Football Club, and we left him out to dry like that. I thought was, um, yeah, it's still still unforgivable for mine. Um, so whatever choices Hurdy makes in the future, um, you know, good luck to him. Um, but certainly, I would welcome him back with open arms. Yeah, well, I just hope the club does stand for something soon because, um, you know, this nice guy image they want to have. Other clubs are laughing at us and. You know, uh, I think I heard a player um, was mentioned in in one of the commentators and they said, Essendon aren't feared. They're not a club to be feared. I think it was Wayne Carey, actually. Um, They know there's a bit of brittleness around them. You know, uh, if they're not on early, you can get into their psyche pretty easily. So if other clubs are feeling that, that shows your backbone isn't very strong and uh, I think a lot of it has to do with just a bit of passion. And people might say, well, passion's cheap talk, you know. You need good strategy and culture and all of this, and that's correct. But when you look at sides, and you've got to take your hats off to these, Geelong. Now, people have knocked Chris Scott, and I don't like him as a coach on TV anyway. I I despise every time he's you know, appealing for a free kick. But... For anyone to knock him as a coach, uh, you know, if, if any Essendon supporter was knocking him as a coach, we'd have to laugh at ourselves because even though he got there probably with a gifted list, he's been there now 10 years. He won a flag directly after being appointed. And then although they haven't won a lot of finals, to be honest. I think there was a stat yesterday that won 15. I mean, they played 15 finals and only won four of, the, four of them. Every year they're right up there in top four contention, um, you know, and they're 
had a bit of a rebuild themselves. So we we can't have anything like that. You know, you look at Hawthorne, they, the way they can regenerate. They're not in a great spot at the moment, but I think most betting people would have money on Hawthorne to rebuild quicker than the Bombers. And I don't see it. Like, if you look at the players' names against our players' names against the Hawks, for example, I'd be more confident, you know, we're heading in a better direction. But for some reason, we don't get to the next level. And I don't know what that's going to be. Maybe, you know, time with Blake Carousella and Ben Rutten will do that. I think Walsfold's time's to go. Um, you know, I don't think he was great getting us out of that uh, early part of the, the saga, you know, coming out of the saga. But I don't think he's added a lot to our player development. And I don't feel he's done a lot for our culture in terms of driving standards and I'm hoping Truck Rutten and Blake Carousella, particularly those two guys, do um, drive standards and take us to the next level because uh, as uh, Mark Robinson wrote, how long can you be patient for before you realise your name's not going to be called? And uh, it's a good analogy, you know, be patient, be patient, be patient, but you know, what for? You know, just to re start another rebuild. I, I guess I'm getting frustrated, but I just hope for the bombers' sake we are going somewhere. And I think this year's been horrid for a lot of reasons. But uh, I just hope this is the start of the new bombers um, in the year in the years to come. Well, mate, we'll have a break. Um, sorry about my little rant there. <laughs> I had to climb on the soapbox, but um. Anyway, we'll, we'll have a break and we'll come back with our bomber match predictions. You're listening to Don's Cast, and as we wrap up the show, we always do our bomber predictions. We're always looking for the trifecta, mate. Um, who's going to kick the first goal of the match for the bombers? Mate, I'm going to go with a bit of a smoky. First game back, I think Josh Begley might get our first. Uh, yeah, Previously, he's been a bit of a dead-eye dick for goal, so I'm really hoping he can show that form again and make a nice lead and um, yeah, kick it through. How about yourself, mate? Who are you backing in? Yeah, I'm going to go for a return to form for Sean McKernan. I think he's going to be starting the game with a good... A good kick uh, going straight through the middle. So, yeah, Sean McKernan's my tip. So, I'd love to know the odds on that one. But, um, yeah, I'm going to back him in. Uh, most possessions. Who's going to get that? Yeah, look, uh, Zach Merritt's been in a rich vein of form lately, mate. So, I'm going to back him in to, to go one more. I think he's uh, shown some real class and... Um, Showing he's willing to not only get in and under to get the footy, but uh, also get around to provide an option and uh, get that ball going forward with some class disposal into our forward line. But um, yeah, so how about you, mate? Are you back? Got to back. Yeah, I'm going to go Dylan Shield. I thought he started to show some signs last week that he's starting to get back into the game after you know missing those two games from suspension. He didn't look quite right. You know, the opposition's obviously putting a lot of time into him. But I think the Saints will back themselves in. 
and maybe not go as hard on a tag with us. So, yeah, I think Dylan Shield will get off the leash and generate the most ball. And the most important thing, mate, who's going to win and by how much? Oh, look, mate, as much as I'd love to see a, a bomber victory, I think uh, St Kilda, they've just got class everywhere. And I think, yeah, unfortunately, we are a bit flaky. Um, so if we're not there in the first five minutes, we've got the, uh, we sort of opened up to uh, be vulnerable for them to kick a few goals on us. So I think the Saints will get up by three goals, unfortunately. But how about you? Well, I'm going to tip the Bombers, and I know that sounds <laughs> very optimistic, but I just think this is do or die. I think it means more to us than St Kilda, and I, you know, I'm not so sh- sold on, you know, the so- side name, but I just feel like we have to win, and uh, whether it's my uh, heart leading me in this way, I, you know, I want the Bombers to win, and I think they could win come Sunday. Beautiful, I take that, mate. All right, well, that's a fairly quick show for us because uh, obviously we've got. A match tomorrow and we only did our review of the Gold Coast game a couple of nights before so this is uh, going to continue obviously with the uh, new fixture announced. Uh, did you want to quickly go over that mate? We're next uh, games after we've obviously got the uh, dream time in the, at the uh, Northern Territory after this game against the Tigers um, and then we follow up with Hawthorne is it? Uh, yeah so we've got Hawthorne on a Thursday night uh, at Adelaide Oval, uh, interestingly. Um, and following that, we're heading back to the Gabba, where we play the West Coast Eagles uh, at a night match on Tuesday, the 1st of September. Um, our next round, we are uh, scheduled to come up against uh, the Cats at the Gabba, so that'll be a real tough contest. Um, yeah, I don't know how we'll... Yeah, we'll go there, but I'm sure we'll uh, yeah, do our best. Um, and our next game will be Port um, at Adelaide Oval in round 17. And I believe we're scheduled to to play the Demons uh, in round 18. It's like the the sort of um, it should be a Saturday game, like September 19. Uh, but you know where we're going to play will be to be confirmed at this stage. So um, yeah, it'll be a real tough run, uh, and that'll finish it up for the season. So um, yeah, let's hope we can we can get some wins to have us challenging for finals. Yeah, well, we've got some things to look forward to. We've got you know Joe Danaher potentially coming back before the end of the season. Let's hope. Um, there's talk Kyle Hooker and Horatio Fantasia could come back fairly soon. Uh, Jake Stringer started to run. Um, Dyson Heppel's starting to get up. So even if we could get some of our um, stars back into the side, at least it'll be a bit more watchable than you know uh, asking too much of uh, some of our lesser-known names. So we really need the stars to come back, and let's hope they're not far away. All right, then. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll do our review show very soon after the game. So thanks very much. Go Bombers. Go Dons.